welcome back to the show. I have got a fantastic guest today, my friend, Kim Burney-Brook, and we're going to be talking about belongingness and its impact on energy. So remember when I've been sharing some of those big number one, number two, number three areas in my research over the last three years into burnout and which areas of our nourishment are going unmet most consistently because that's where our energy is pouring out. Well, when we think about belonging and belongingness, and Kim is going to teach us more about what belongingness is versus fitting in. And we're going to dig into the elements of energy in so many more beautiful places around belongingness today. This is the number two biggest nourishment need in my global research, belonging. And we're going to talk about all the different elements of it. I'd love to share a little bit more about my guest today. So Ken Burneybrook is a belongingness consultant. She is the founder and CEO of Uneven Spaces. Kim specializes in navigating belongingness, guiding individuals and teams through their belongingness journey where everyone feels cared for, respected, and accepted for who they are. She also advocates for creating workspaces that work for everyone, believing that people are not disabled, but our environments are disabling. This is such a powerful conversation today. And if you have felt a sense that there is just something that your energy is going out, but you can't identify where, this might be the place. Kim, welcome to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for that introduction. Of course, yeah. my pleasure. This is, I have been so excited and jazzed about this conversation because the first time that we met and you shared the word belongingness with me, I immediately got all excited and all tingly and super, super curious. And I was like, oh, I cannot wait to learn more about what you mean and how you mean it and what it is to you and what you're doing with it and why it's so important to you. So Kim, can you share with everybody why you became interested in belongingness in particular? So yeah, this is a really sort of circuitous journey, right? Zigzag, because we all have zigzaggy paths in our lives. Um, for me, belongingness is really where we find those connections, those human needs, and those, that connection with other people. And what is the state of belongingness for ourselves? And as I was thinking about it, I was working on my master's in organizational psychology from Adler University. And Adler University focuses in on Adlerian individual psychology. And one of the pillars of his individual psychology theory is belonging and finding community feel in a very positive way. And how do we belong in our lives? And if we can't find a space to belong in, go out and find it yourself. And so if you're an Adlerian psychologist or if you are working within as a coach or consultant in the Adlerian theories, one of the things that you would work on is helping people to gain that courage and encouraging them to find their places where they belong. And that has always been a very important aspect for me um, because there's been so many points in my life where I never felt like I belonged. And I always felt like, wait, this doesn't feel right. And it's just like, and people were forcing me to do other things and I didn't like it. 
So in that journey, Kim, of you becoming interested in blogginess, I mean, and let's just like really, okay, so we're, I'm just going to tip the hat here. So Kim has worked in some pretty big companies. You may have recognized this little company called Bloomberg or UBS. <laughs> so Kim has really got some experience in some big play, playing fields, right? Mm -hmm. And when you look back over your lifetime, so I know you, we're friends, so I'm going to dig in just a little bit because I know there's so much more juicy goodness here to unpack in your story yeah. of belongingness. So Kim, when you look back in your experience in the corporate world, what, what did it feel like for you when you felt like you didn't belong? Yeah, I think a lot of it felt like I was unsure of myself um, because I you know, it's really interesting because one of the things that would happen to me, especially my first big corporate job, which was um, at Equitable, um, at the time it was AXA Equitable. And so it was also a very large insurance company, you know, it was in the Fortune 50. And what was really interesting is people would be like, Kim, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm really tired. I'm really tired. And it took me years to realize it wasn't that I was tired because I was getting enough sleep. I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed by the expectations of how I needed to conform to a standard that I was trying to navigate and figure out for myself. Ooh, see, now that's, <laughs> that's the energy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's the energy. Okay, so here's another place. And I know this was such, oh my gosh, this was such a big place for me. And I know it is for so many of us. And this is a place that I think where the energy drain really begins for so many of us. And that's growing up, you know, those childhood years, those teen years, oh my gosh, like high school, that was like belonging. <laughs> <laughs> that was so tough. Like college was a little easier because it was like there was more diversity. I could find my folks a little bit easier for some reason yeah. in college. Um, what was that belongingness experience or journey for you growing up when you think about belonging and your energy? Oh. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting because one of the things um that has always been very important to my family and is really a core value. And as I reflected and talked about my belonging and where I fit in, people always talk about how my family is such a core piece of that. However, if I thought about it and reflected on it at the time when I was a teenager, I'd be like, I do not belong here. Um, so my life, I grew up in Nebraska in a small town in the Northeast part of Nebraska, a small relative to where I live now. And it, you know, I just, I never felt like I was, I was never felt comfortable there. I always felt like I was an outsider. And part of it was that my energy level was so much higher than what was being supported. And I was always being told I'm too much to this, to that. And when you become too big, people try to stuff you back into a box and that just like makes you really small. And it just, you feel like you're you're trapped. And so I always knew that college was going to be a way out for me, um, an out for Nebraska and out for other aspects of my life. And so for me, it was really important to find a place where I felt like I could belong. And even that was nav 
that navigating that was really difficult. Um, there were so many uneven surfaces, which kind of reflects back to my own, my business name is that we have these uneven surfaces that we are constantly navigating in our lives. And we really don't have the supports to help us with navigating those. It's not like we have a harness or it's not like we have walking sticks with us when we're navigating these sticky relationship aspects of our lives to help us energize ourselves. So that's really where I want to focus is how can we build those supports for each other? Oh my gosh, Kim, that is so powerful. Like those, just those two places. And I love that. And I feel like now that we've sort of started to unpack the experience of belonging and how that looks and feels throughout different stages and seasons in our life, I would really love for you to break down defining true belongingness versus fitting in. Because this mm-hmm. this really piqued me because I was like, ooh, this is juicy. Because, you know, we talk about masking. We talk about masking to the professional level of camouflaging. And that falls into this. So share with mm-hmm. us what is true belongingness versus fitting in? How do we start this? And I know you've got this great definition, so I'm going to pop it up here. Oh, yes. So when we think about belonging, that's really the action. That's the verb of to belong. So belonging is to belong. So we're taking action and that's what happens. Now, when we talk about belongingness, it's really the state or the quality of how we're feeling when we belong. So I use the words in different ways, um, but that belongingness is that state or quality. And even if you take a moment and think about a time when you belonged in your life, it could be at any point in time, it could be in any sort of scenario or any type of situation and just notice in your body where you're feeling that you know you'll 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 find it you know it and it's there and if you think about the people that you were with in that moment when you really knew you belong that if that person walked if one of those people walked through the door right now or called you or texted you how would you respond what would your oh my gosh i can't believe i'm so excited to see this person you know and for me that's Oh, so beautiful. I'm getting chills just like talking about that. Um, And so when you think about fitting in, I would joke a lot of times in my jobs, like, okay, here I am, I'm coming in and I am the square peg and there's all these round holes that I need to, I need to find one that I can fit into. So sometimes I'm bringing in sandpaper because that's enough to kind of wear down my wedges. But boy, there have been times where I've had to bring the whole chainsaw <laughs> to like take out my edges to try to scram- cram myself into these round holes that have been defined. And part of it is changing how you talk, how you present, how you dress, how you show up, anything that is against the grain of who you are as an individual is really you're trying to fit in you're trying to conform and it's it's a balancing act right because there are definitely certain norms and expectations in various environments and i think it's just knowing kind of like okay either being intentional about it and knowing that's what's happening to you or that's what you're choosing to do or you're saying you know what this isn't the place for me 
and figuring out ways that you can either become more who you are and show up there. And if people don't accept and respect you for that, then again, you have to kind of evaluate, like, is this the right place for me or not? Are these the right individuals I want in my life? Sometimes we don't have a choice about it. So how do, and then, then you start to kind of examine and say, wait, am I belonging to myself? And so kind of coming back to that. So there's this whole triad of you belong to you, you belong to others, and others belong to you. And if you don't belong to you, others are not going to see you as who you really are. So you could be trying to fit in to what you think you need to be. And so really, if you feel like you're sitting, fitting in and you're trying to, you're bringing out that sandpaper to fit into these round holes or you're bringing out those chainsaws, like, oh, whoa, this is just way too much for me. Start with yourself and think about, do you care for yourself? How are you showing that you're caring for yourself? What does that look like for you? Are you accepting yourself? What are things that maybe you're like, oh, I don't really like this about myself, but are you accepting of it? Does it have to be something you really like or not like? I think some of it's just acceptance. Maybe you want to change something, but you don't have to like beat yourself up for it, if that makes sense. And then do you accept yourself or respect yourself? So are you honoring and respecting yourself to say the things that you need to say, setting your own boundaries and respecting those boundaries for yourself? And so it, it, it really has to start with you. Are you belonging to you? And thinking about that acceptance, respect for yourself, and also caring for yourself. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> because I think, I think one of the elements here, like as you're defining belonging and belongingness, and then we're sort of comparing and contrasting the experience of fitting in. And I love when you say you took the chainsaw, like, like, oh my gosh, yes. I'm like, I took the weed whacker to all of me to fit because I'm, I'm a lot, I have a lot of energy, right? I, I am an excited, happy person. I love to meet other people. And I got this message like, whoa, tone that down. You're a lot. That, that's just like, wow, that, that's your whole lot, right? And so then we start to carve off, shut off, turn off those places of us that are our authentic self. So when we look at the top three unmet nourishment places within our life and the biggest contributors to burnout, to the energy drain, Number one is emotional safety, not so much external, but internal. Like I feel safe to feel my feelings. I trust my feelings. And you and I, we're going to definitely talk about some trust elements when it comes to belonging. <laughs> and the second is belonging. Yeah. I feel like I belong with and to other people, but I also feel like I belong to myself. I belong here in this body, in this place. And for a lot of us, if you have been in burnout for a really long time, you've been in the survival mode because of that. Or sometimes it's like the chicken and the egg. Were you in survival mode and you got into burnout or did you get into burnout and then you went into a deeper survival mode or to survival mode? But it's within that that we also have to look at the number three unmet nourishment 
place for people in my research. And it shows that authenticity is number three. And when we're looking at how the three of these things work together, the foundational component is trust. Trust in ourselves, trust in our own thoughts, trust in our own feelings, you know, trust in our bodies, trust in our emotions. And within all of that, when we are trying to fit in, to force a place of belonging, to craft a place of belonging for ourselves, and we are chainsawing, you know, weed eating and carving up all of the parts of us to fit into the round peg, the round hole, and we are the square peg, what we are doing is suppressing our authentic self. And for a lot of us, it's also suppressing the allowance, the space for us to explore and discover elements of our authentic self. Because this is something that is constantly shifting and changing and evolving. What are your some of your thoughts on that, Kim? <laughs> it's a big, big ask right there. Um, but yeah, I think think about, there were a couple of things that you had mentioned. And I'm sorry, I'm just kind of going back about this too big and too much and trusting our feelings and not being able to trust our feelings, right? Because when you're told that you're too big, you're too much, you're too this, you're too that, or you're lazy or blah, 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 right? Especially when, you know, neurodivergent, but not knowing it or neurodistinct and not knowing it. And then you're like, oh, whoa, what are other people seeing that I am not experiencing? I am not feeling. And what's wrong with me? And you think you are the problem and you're not. So it's finding that moment and that place within yourself where you're like, wait, I'm not the problem. Other people just haven't been taught. They haven't recognized. They haven't seen someone like me before, whatever that like me is, because we're all unique, right? So, wait, my feelings are valid. And start to trust your feelings. I like the way that Charles Feltman's model around trust is broken down. And it, there's overlap there with belongingness. So you're absolutely right. It's like all three of these areas that, you know, feeling, trusting your feelings and I forget what your first one was, but the belongingness and the authenticity is, is so important. And I, I come back to these four pillars of of Charles Feltman's model for trust and you feel cared for. So again, belongingness, you feel cared for. There's sincerity in that caring. There's reliability. So are you showing up for yourself? Are you showing up for yourself? And competency. Do you feel that you're competent that you know what you're talking about. Like that all goes back into like that imposter syndrome and second guessing yourself and all of these things, right? You're competent, you know yourself. Who else is gonna know you? You know yourself better than anyone else because you have lived with yourself your entire life. 
right? So when you think about it that way, how do you trust yourself? Do you have a good trusting relationship with yourself? Because if you don't find yourself trustworthy, how do you expect other people to find you trustworthy? How are other people going to trust you? And how are you going to trust them? So again, it's this whole reciprocal symbiotic cycle of trusting yourself, trusting others, trusting them, trusting you. And how do we bring that all together to impact belongingness? Ooh, that is so good. Because I think, you know, there's this other element that you wanted to share around belonging, and that was the sense of belonging. And I think, you know, that's a term that we hear a lot or we'll see it, you know, in a lot of DEI literature and, and we'll see, you know, we want to create a sense of belonging. And like, what is that, Kim? Because that is very ambiguous. That is very like foggy, unclear, in like not tangible. What the heck? I know. I'm like, what is a sense of, right? Belonging. It's a feeling. We feel it. It's here. We can feel it in our bodies. And so when you say, I have a sense of, what does that mean? Mm, you never say, I have a sense of a pain here, doctor. You say, I have a pain. I have belonging here, right? I belong. Um, you never say to a friend, oh, I'm going to marry this person because I have a sense of love from them. It's a sense of loving relationship with them. You would be like, hmm, I don't know. That seems a little awkward. So I think the sense of, it does put a veneer and just strip it away. It's extra words. We don't need those extra words. Just say belonging. We cultivate belonging. Belonging is a core value. And here's how we do it. And what does that mean? It's getting to know people, showing that you care, accepting people for how they show up and respecting them for what they're bringing to the table because it's gonna be different than other people because again, each of us is unique. Each of us has a very different set of experiences and life that we bring to the table and accepting that and respecting that and valuing it can go so far with individuals on your team, or if you're in a committee, or if you're in a group with other people, this is what we do. Oh my gosh, yes. And think about this for a minute. There's a different energy. We feel it in our body differently. So join me for a moment. You know, if you're not driving, close your eyes. <laughs> And if, hands, if it feels safe, right? like if this is not, yeah. you know, does not feel good for you, don't. But, you know, if you would like to, I invite you to close your eyes. If not, that's okay too. Put your hands over your heart, both hands on top of your chest, on your heart, and just take a breath in and focus when I say the next word, sense of belonging. What does that feel like for you when I say I'm creating or we want to create a sense of belonging? How does that feel for you? Now, I belong. I belong to others and with others. I belong here. I belong to myself. I belong. How does that feel in your body? 
where are you feeling that in your body? There is a different energy. There is a different weight between the two for most people. How did you experience that? Kim, what came up for you? Mm. Well, for me, I was thinking also if I reframed it as, I have a sense of belonging to myself. I'm like, huh? it, it felt shallow, it felt empty. Um, but the I belong, oh, I felt it all the way into my back, from my heart to my back. Like it just filled my three dimensional body in a way that was just powerful for me personally. So I could I could feel that as like a real source of rejuvenation of energy and, and knowing like in our nervous systems, right? We regulate off of others. We're constantly co-regulating with other people. Whether we know it or not, we are too, even though we have the screen between us, we're still co-regulating. <laughs> Absolutely. And and it's it's so important, like when you have that openness because you become curious about people, you become curious about yourself and you can start to play and relax a little bit because we only have one precious life, <laughs> you know, and this is important. It's like, you know, just why sell ourselves fallacies when we want something that is just real and honest and tangible for ourselves. So when we talk about the impact that belonging has and our, our experience of belonging on our energy. And the reason that we I mentioned this is because it directly correlates to burnout. <laughs> so hello, folks. If you miss the title of the show, <laughs> we're talking beyond chronic burnout. And yeah. so when we're talking about belonging. And this is the number two unmet nourishment need, this place. And when we're talking about the impact on energy, when we started the show, you know, we were talking about our, our life experiences of what it felt like when we didn't belong or didn't feel like we belonged to other people or to ourselves. There is this weight, there's this outflow of energy from us especially when we're fitting in, we give an enormous amount of our time, attention, thought, energy, emotion, physicality, all of that to fitting in. So it is very draining. And energy mastery is all about not just how we understand how our energy flows out, because if you're in burnout and you know, right here, I was in burnout for four, almost 40 years, I had mastered the heck out of where energy flew out. Like, and I didn't, I didn't mean flow. I said flew <laughs> for a reason. It flew out. It had wings and that sucker took off like a jet plane. And I did not understand how I could bring energy in. And when we're talking about mastery of energy, we now have to, to get out of burnout and to stay out of burnout for good become energy masters. And the mastery is not just in identifying where it's flowing out, but it's also identifying where it flows in. So when we look at the impact on energy, like Kim, we were talking about how does it feel when it flows out, right? When we don't feel like we belong to 
other places and we're chainsawing ourselves. And I love that so much. That's such a great visual on that one. What had, what do you notice when you go in and work with teams and when we're, you're working with individuals and we're talking about belongingness, what do you notice people describe most consistently? Like you see this common thread mm. of where people are physically starting to experience when they don't feel like they belong. What is that energy impact that you notice? It's usually, it's, it's interesting because it's usually a nervous system response, right? It's that stress, right? So you start to feel unsafe because if we think about our brains and our nervous system, the first thing our brains are programmed to do is I'm not safe. And so if you're not feeling you belong, you're feeling that you may not be safe. And so your brain is like, oh, I know this. I know what's going to happen here. So then it starts to produce all of those body feelings are happening as well and all of this different input. And so you may go into a stress response, which could be that fawn, flop, freeze flight or fight. And if you're in one of those, you may not feel that there's belonging there. There there may be something that's off for you from a belonging perspective. And all of those are energy drains. Imagine if we cultivate, if, when we're cultivating teams that belong, you are allowing them to focus their energy in a more productive manner rather than trying to keep themselves safe all the time. And part of that, I, I think this goes back to that um, safety with yourself, that psychological safety or psychological bravery and being able to take risks and, and trusting that those risks are not going to hurt you as much because those those can be draining. If you sit and ruminate about that too much, it's it's draining. It's it's excess energy. It just reminds me of when my oldest in, in elementary school would just have so much anxiety in the morning to go to school and just would be in tears and so much energy was ex like sent out for that. But then when they came back from school that day, it was like, oh, it was fine. It was fine. It was just the anxiety of having to go in and, oh, they had to mask. They were definitely masking most of the time and trying to fit into a mold that they didn't really feel comfortable in um, because they didn't understand, you know, they were like diagnosed with or later diagnosed with, uh, you know, being autistic and also ADHD. And so those were all just things that as I see that and see how my children were managing this, I was like, oof, wait, I'm managing it this way too. And I think it's more of a universal thing and it, just this chronic burnout that we're all feeling especially right now, because whenever there's that ambiguous, volatile, uncertain times that we're feeling right now with everything in our lives, not just our personal lives, but just externally too, that we don't always have control over, it, it can really start to drain us and it can really start to uh, deplete our energy sources. So where are those people, where are those communities where you can come in and recharge yourself, recharge your batteries because you trust them. They trust you. You feel safe to be who you are. Um, and, and really it's when you have teams, what I've seen is that when that belonging starts to slip away is that they become more combative or they may, you may have people who are 
not talking as much or speaking up as much or sharing because that it's part of that trust and that safety that is also starting to erode. So it all really works together um, around all of this. Oh, it absolutely does. And you know, this was something that you and I talked about. So I'm really excited to get into the different ways because we talk about how it feels when you don't experience belonging and when you do experience belonging and how that energy flows out and flows in for you. Mm -hmm. Start paying attention. This is something to kind of like raise your awareness, just kind of pay attention and think about it this week as you're going throughout your day and you're engaging and interacting with different people in different groups. But then also when you're alone, tap into how do you feel about the way that you belong to yourself? So Kim, you have two ways to reduce stress through belongingness for us today. What are those two ways? What should we know about how do we reduce some stress? How do we regulate and kind of nourish our nervous system through belongingness? So one is to visualize those moments in your life where you felt belonging. You felt that you belonged in those situations. So if you just take a moment and you know you can breathe, you can close your eyes, you can just, as you're waking up in the morning, before you get out of bed, just imagine those moments in your life where you felt true belonging. And, you know, I always say to people, maybe it was with a pet. You don't know. It may not have been with another human. It may have been with just another being, another creature on our earth, right? And just carry that with you. Carry that feeling with you. Kind of imagine what that can look like for you. So it's, it's more of a visualization and more of ways to kind of how do you start your day so that you start from a place of I belong. So that's one. And then the other is, what are some ways, like thinking about how you in personally can create belongingness? Because remember, this is all a two-way street. So if there is someone, maybe you have a little friction with them, and you have to work with them, because that's a true reality for many of us, become curious. Think about who they are. Ask them a question that you, part of it is being curious and courageous and asking them a question to get to know them more. Because this, I think being curious about other people can help you find those connections between each other. Mm. I think I froze. You did. It's okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I can hear you. We can hear you. Oh, you can. You can hear me. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm like in that uh, funny pose. But yeah, so I think it's just, you know, once you start to find ways that you can connect with other people through curiosity, that can also grow your belongingness. Oh, I love that. And, you know, if you've been here on the show and you've been following or, or being a part of um, our space here for a while, you know, I talk about compassionate curiosity. This is such a beautiful place. And, you know, sometimes when we talk about belonging, we're 
and, and especially this visualization, I love what you shared with us, Kim, because, you know, we think about belonging as being to other people and to ourselves. Sometimes we just, if we don't have that or we can't identify that just yet, one of the places that I, I say sometimes start, and Kim, you probably have something to add to this one is, do you feel like you belong in, in an environment or a space that you're in? You know, sometimes yeah. it's like, I feel like I belong out here in nature. Sometimes it's like, I feel like I belong, you know, here in this museum or, you know, a particular place that feels like I, this is my space. What do you think about when we talk about belonging is sometimes just in our environment? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think it's that if you do find those connections in the external, um, especially in nature, right? Because we do belong in nature. We are nature. Um, and we're part of nature as well. Like that is all belonging. And so I do think you can find that in your physical space. I also um, know there are different levels of needs that people have. Some people have a really, really strong need to belong and others, we all have a need to belong, but maybe their need is much lower on some sort of scale. And I think recognizing that, you know, there could be somebody, I, I think I'm one of those people who have a very strong desire to belong wherever I am. But I know people who are like, you know what, this is enough for me. This level of belonging is enough. And I look at it and I'm like, ooh, is it? Is Are you sure? Are you sure? But it is, and trusting that other person's experience of belonging is important. Oh, Kim, that is so, so good. I, I, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Kim, you have this phenomenal program that's going to be coming out that is just four weeks, which I love because that is just like the perfect amount of goodness. It feels like doable. It feels light. It feels fun. And you always make things so playful. Navigating belongingness. Kim, share with everybody how they can get in touch with you, where they can find you, if they want to follow you here on social media, where can they hit you up to learn more about getting into navigating belongingness with you or to work with you and bring you in to work with their company and teams? Yes, so I have a website, um, which is unevensurfacesbelonging.com. So you can definitely check out my website. There are a couple of places there where you can contact me. So send me an email um, through there and just say, hey, I saw you on uh, you know, Carol Jean's show and would love to connect. Or um, there's also, and I'm going to say and, there's also a place at the bottom of the website where you can sign up for my um newsletter, which I uh, just launched, which is called Navigating Belongingness, which is a newsletter. It's the uneven newsletter for humans who want to belong. Um, so I may be breaking rules around newsletters and not being as consistent as I need to, but that's what life is about and our uneven surfaces in life. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can just find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, Kim Bernie Brook. And also you can find uneven surfaces, belonging, uh, um, on LinkedIn as well. Fantastic. So 
If this is a space that you're navigating and you would like to learn more about belongingness and navigating that in your life, be sure you go connect with Kim Bernie Brook. Thanks so much for being here, Kim. This has been a fantastic conversation. You are always fun to dive into any conversation and any topic with. I have found that is just one of the beautiful strengths and gifts that you have to always bring such wonderful things to the conversation table. Guys, Thank you so much for being here. We're going to keep navigating all of these different areas and talking about where in the world does this impact your energy and how do you start to recharge and bring energy in in that particular area. So when we talk about belonging and belongingness, that shows up in our heart energy center. It can also, when we are trying to fit in and we feel like we're not truly authentically sharing our thoughts, feelings, and our experiences, it can also show up in our throat energy center. So pay attention to these places this week. Where are you feeling belonging and belongingness in your body? Where are you noticing if you're fitting in versus stepping into a place where you feel I can be my authentic self and I belong here to other people and to myself. Just note what that energy flow feels like for you. Let me know. Be sure to comment here on the show. There's a wonderful place. You can even send me a 60 second voice message and I would love to hear from you. So jump on, leave me a voicemail. Let me know how you're doing, what this experience has been for you. Make sure you go and connect with Kim. We'll see you next time, guys. Bye-bye.